Welcome to the Full Port Podcast, brought to you by T.P. Howard's Plumbing. Our sponsor today, Highland Brewing, the original craft brewers. Uh, the team is assembled. With us today are your hosts, Nate Wyatt, Rick Haney, Pat Howard, and your head host, Mr. Josh Howard. So in today's podcast, we're going to discuss uh, the history of T.P. Howard's Plumbing and how we got started back in 1983. Uh, Pat, we're going to start with you. So why did you get into this business? Well, my, my mother got me a job. So give us give us a history from, you know, out of high school, all the way through Dotson Plumbing. Well, I went, you know, high school. Uh, then I went to uh, Montreal Anderson, played a little baseball, and um, and I cleaned up Burger Kings at night. Me and my buddies <laughs> made some extra money, and um, and then I decided to go to UNCA. And um, that summer, my mother called um, Edith Dotson. As Mr. Dotson's wife and uh, get me a job so I wouldn't stay out late every night and um, so he hired me and I worked uh, part-time during the first winter and then I quit school and um, they paid me five bucks an hour and then um, I decided um, after a few years this was in 78 when I started working for him and then um, I guess 79, I got married, making five bucks an hour. And um, after working for him, learned a lot. Had a lot of good teachers down there, worked for Dotson. Um, I decided in 83, I was gonna get my license. And um, so I went down to Raleigh the, in the night before I took the test. It's when uh, Jim Valvano and um, NC State won national championship, which was uh, pretty neat to uh, see them turn the town red. And so then, was that, uh, what March of '83? No, that was wasn't it April of '83? April it? of '83. Yeah. And then I decided uh, after you were born in October that I was going to go in business. Um, me and Rick both worked for Dotson Plumbing, and um, and we didn't. He didn't. He never paid us overtime, and he didn't. We didn't get any insurance or any vacation when we worked there. And um, I decided it was time to go do that, and I wanted to make sure that I got insurance. And um, and when you were born, you, I didn't. We didn't have any insurance in '83, so. And then you had to have surgery. Yeah, right after that. Anyway, uh, I decided I wanted to make sure that when I went in business that my employees had some type of insurance, had a vacation, had some retirement plan, and we've worked towards that over the years. Uh, but uh, it wasn't easy. I mean, um, years ago, for 200 bucks, we got 200 a month. It was full full family insurance, 100% paid. And then the insurance companies have got kind of gone wild on us, but uh, that was... Um, I guess we didn't start getting insurance till '84. Been in, you know, went business. Some Christmas of '83 was real cold, so that's when we really started. And I called Rick and told him I said it's time to come on. And um, he came in January. How did y'all meet? We uh, met a long, long time ago. We played ball against each other uh, through the years from. 
preteens all the way through into college. Uh, went to college, college together, played baseball. I was uh, I was the poor kid on campus, and Pat would let me go help him clean Burger Kings in the evenings so that I could have some extra money. And that's when I realized, you know, if if you're ever going to do anything, he'd be a good guy to do it with just because of his work ethic. So that's how we met, or how we met and how we got, or how he got into this and brought me in. I would uh, work with him at Dotson Plumbing and I got married and moved to Robbinsville and wasn't really satisfied down there. He called and told me what was going on with you, and he didn't have insurance. Said that uh, he's going to go into business. Won't know if I'd come work with him. So I packed up a month and a half later, and here we are today, rocking and rolling. Um, so what was the what was the first truck back in '83? Tell us about that truck. It was. Um, a Bondo Brown truck where we had to one side looked pretty and the other side didn't. Um, one side was blue, the yeah. other was full of Bondo. But um, <laughs> but it yeah. ran. Yeah, um, so that was our first one. It had a 363 9-inch limited slip. You couldn't stick it nowhere. You could just go anywhere you wanted to. But um, And then I think it was 87 when we bought our first new truck. Yep. After we borrowed everybody's trucks. Cause they, you know, these old trucks didn't work too good, and then um, that was pretty cool. The new truck, you know, and then when it, we when we take a vacation, had to unload the plumbing truck, put your wife and kid in there to, to go to the beach. Um, but um, so then, we we have a relationship with Ford now, and have quite a few trucks. What 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 kind of truck was that first truck? The Ford F one fifty. Okay, four wheel drive, long wheelbase. What year was it? Eighty seven. No, what was the first truck? The truck, first truck was a 70, 72, 71, yes, 71, 72. The F-150? Yeah. We bought several F-100s. <laughs> bought one Dodge. Darn near got killed in three or four times. But uh, I paid $50 for one F-150. And um, I went to a job meeting and the engine caught on fire. <laughs> Pay, paid $50 for it from... NC, in, NCNB at an auction. Drove it home and had four flat tires. I pumped them up and drove it home and drove it for about a month and went to a job meeting in it. And, and next thing I know, I'm sitting up in this office down at Buncombe Construction down next to Southern Concrete. And the guy says, your truck's on fire. <laughs> it's a $50 truck. What do you yeah. expect? <laughs> Uh, so I proceeded to come home and rewire it with pump wire because we did some pumps and stuff myself and I sold it for 500 bucks right after that and the dude drove it to California and back and said that's the best truck he ever had I said well, it wasn't for me that's, I think that's still how it goes here we've got quite a few plumbing trucks wouldn't run for us still on the road Yeah, sold to somebody else hey we got one truck now that's uh Past 402,000 miles today. 403,000 miles. Okay. What, what year is that? It's a F 
I mean, it's, it's an F two fifty, probably a ninety seven. 99. Yeah, 99. I think so. 99. It's got 403,000. 403,000 miles. Yeah, still kicking. So, uh, Ford's been good to us. So you talked about Buncombe Construction. What was, who was your first, your first contractor that gave you a job, gave you a bid job? George Beverly with Beverly Grant. Uh, did uh, con- Crowfield's condominiums, which we'd worked out there for years. With Dotson? Yeah, with Dotson. And then we started getting a few little houses and repairs, and it was a um, just it started off slow. I think we charged fifteen bucks an hour per man at that time. And that that was back in what eighty three, eighty four, eighty five. Eighty four, eighty five. Yeah. Started doing a little commercial work in eighty six. Small small, stuff. small commercial job, yeah. Yeah, Rick uh, Rick Grant came into business at that time, and uh, Jerry and. Um, Grant was still there. They gave us a lot of work. Um, Buncombe Construction gave us work. Um, there was a lot of small companies that gave us a lot of work. Kept us busy. I mean, we never really slowed down till 90. And there was a little recession. And then 94, we got some good work out of several companies and started realizing how to make money. And then we... Um, proceeded to go from there but uh so what were the i mean what were the major struggles what what was the biggest cash flow work you know what was the getting work and um now old man dotson was a smart cookie he said you bid it to make money you don't know no matter what the other guy bids you're in to make money and don't worry about it you know if you don't get it you're fine but you know you have to learn to do it and how much you're going to make and uh and you don't really know what you're going to make until you get done. Now, when we were working, it's one thing, but when we got employees working, they don't always work as fast as we do, so or as long. But I think me and Rick, when we went to bit, when we started, we both we made two hundred bucks a week. That's what we made. Um, Sixty, sixty-five hours a week in the field. Plus, he come home and did paperwork in the evenings. The, the biggest struggle was people conning you in. You had to be, I was always nice about it. Um, like during the freeze of 83 and January 84, people would say, can I pay you? So we're going to bill them. Probably only 50% of the people paid us. I mean, they, they didn't have the money. I mean, besides trailers and modulars. I mean, when it gets down below zero around here, people struggle. And... Uh, and we we were in a recession at that time, uh, country was so uh, they couldn't they couldn't pay, and I didn't collect on the spot. I was more interested in going to getting the next job and the next job, but instead of just worried about getting paid, which that's a big lesson right there. But we still have people like that now that con you into coming over there and then don't want to pay. And the economy's still good, but there's still a lot of people hurting. Um, that that was our biggest struggle is we could get work. But these builders didn't want to pay you because we were young and inexperienced, and Rick wanted to kick a few of them's ass. <laughs> we met one in a restaurant one time. He wanted to choke him. <laughs> I refrained. I had to, I had to keep him away from him until he, until he got the dude got out the door. So, Rick, tell us a story about the chisel and the sledgehammer. 
Well, we, uh, like your dad said, we didn't have a whole lot of money. We were working for Rick Lovelace at that time. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Oakley Apartments. And we just, you know, we didn't have the good tools. We couldn't buy the tools. So we, uh, we needed to tie a sewer line into a manhole. We were going to do it with a sledgehammer and a chisel. So you're trying to hold the chisel and beat it with a sledgehammer, and you're not getting anywhere. So your dad gets aggravated, and he grabs the chisel and says, hit the thing. Well, I'm more worried about hitting him than the chisel. And so I'm tapping it, and he gets aggravated, and he said, hit it. So I took me about three good swings, and ding, 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 thud, and it hit his hand. And I knew it hurt him. I was afraid it broke his hand, but I gave him the opportunity to get even. I said, here, man, I'll hold it. You hit it with the hammer. And he couldn't pick the hammer up, so that's the last opportunity I gave him. I tell you I'm still not holding the chisel. <laughs> another good one, we went over to East Ashford Ball Fields, and as a kid, I watched them build. There was one field, and they added some bathrooms and stuff, a few bathrooms, a little concession stand. Well, when they had poured the, they wanted to make the bathrooms bigger. And so I said, sure, we'll come over and bust the concrete up and add another toilet and, you know, another sink and, and the men and women's bathrooms. And we got over there and we took a sledgehammer. Well, they had Brand poured new about sledgehammer. 15 inches of concrete. They didn't, they just didn't put no gravel in. They just poured all the concrete. I think they told us that concrete was free, so they didn't worry about backfilling. They just poured it all. Oh, yeah. That, uh. I mean, you're getting jobs like that where you're not going to make any money, and uh, you give them a price, and you run into problems. But um, you know, nowadays, if we do that, we try to stop and renegotiate what we're doing. But um, back then, we just you know hard work and get it done, no complaints, and just as quick as you can get it done, so you can get paid, go to the next one. You know, we started doing better. I mean, it took about ten years to make money, to realize how to make money, and uh, then we became competitive with people and started hiring some better people but we still had people we had to go get out of jail every week you know <laughs> we had one call me one night at two or three in the morning and said hey pat i just got pulled over they want me to blow i said are you drunk he said no will you come over here i said no we blew a 2.4 <laughs> and he had a plumbing truck he was a titty bar on Leicester Highway. <laughs> so the next morning, I went by the police station and, get, and went and got the paperwork and got the truck out of impound, and he wanted me to come get him out of jail. I said, no way. I mean, you were toasted, buddy. I just talking to a lot of people. They still go get people out of bed. They still go get people out of jail. You, you got to have work workers, and they, they work good. You just If you could keep them at work the whole time, they wouldn't drink or whatever else they do. <laughs> So when did when did you stop working in the field every day and go into the office? Where was the first office at? First office in our bedroom at the house in '94. Your mom told me said you got it. You can't work round the clock, and so I came in the office, and that was in '94, and then um, it lasted pretty good. And then in 2000, I handed Rick a computer and a tablet, and. Uh, scale rule and some pencils and stuff and said and some plans i said here you go figure it out he said i can't use a computer i said i couldn't either <laughs> i just remember saying i 
I never, I didn't like faxing quotes, so I would deliver them, hand deliver them. And then, and then I said, I don't want to use a computer. And now we, uh, we all survive. If it wasn't a computer, we're all in trouble. Let, uh, let, let the internet go down and we're done. So what, when did you move? You went from the house and your bedroom. Then you went to the barn. You built an office in the barn. What year was that? It was before 2000. It was shortly after you moved inside, yeah. Might long. have been 90, 98. We just took, still kept the breezeway with the horses and the cattle and stuff and just had an overhang and we just added three offices out there. Really added two offices and a, um, and a, a room to wash the horses. Thought we were going to wash the horses till your mother said she needed office. So we, uh, that's where Nate's at right now. But so we, we had a drains and water and everything, all that good stuff in there, and had a little gas heater, and we were good. But uh, anyway, we built her office, a big office, and me and Rick worked out of the same office. And then we had Dorothy answer the phone for us. Dorothy worked for us from the time we started. She always answered the phone so your mother could have get out of the house. Um, she was good. And then we would pick up. Um, Moser would lay people off during the wintertime and we would pick them up and take and work them during the winter we had work we'd get work made money didn't didn't make a lot of money but we made money but uh so finally we hired larry sales he got tired of getting laid off every year we hired a lot of good plumbers and you know some of them stayed some of them didn't um some of them a lot of plumbers we have now are homegrown here which is good um a lot of people have been here a long time, so. Yeah, I mean, we treat them nice, and you love them, and appreciate what they do for you. You know, without them, we're, we're nothing. So, t- so when during all that, you know, as if you, I'm sitting here now, and I've been here a while, but, and I've, you know, witnessed growth and witnessed everything. We have. When was your first backhoe? What year was that, and what was it? Gosh, that was. I think it was 86, we spent $20,000 on renting one. And then I called called Frank Grant, and he worked with Prime Equipment, I believe, so he worked for it. Yeah, at the time. And they sold us one for 20 grand. Yeah, the accountant got on us, said, you know, you can buy a used backhoe for what you spent on rental, and it's yours. So we bought a used rubber tar backhoe. Ford 555. Yep. Two stick. And we wore it out. That was pretty neat. I mean, and we drove it places, so you didn't have to pay the haul bill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I can remember when I came in, I drove uh, the cat backhoe from here at the shop in Fairview all the way to Carolina Village in Hendersonville, so we didn't have to pay a haul bill. Only took a couple hours. Yeah, you did, didn't you? <laughs> we still got that. <laughs> <laughs> it was tough. I mean, you know, there there wasn't a whole lot of money. You were always buying something that you needed. And it, uh, you know, it was a struggle at times to do without or you to buy what you need. You know, the biggest struggle was if people paid on time. I mean, they were hustling for work too, and they're not getting paid, so they couldn't pay, and you have to wait on them to get paid. You know, they, they have to be very assertive to 
force the people they're working for, and you know, it just trickles down to all of us. Uh, but the bigger companies uh, could pay most of the time. Um, you know, the funny thing now they offer you, yeah, they pay you next day if they get a one percent discount. <laughs> uh, I think we get that a lot now. We don't do that. <laughs> no. What was the foundation for your work ethic? Rick, you go first. Where, where did that? Where did you get this? Because you guys have been here almost forty years, you know, and I've seen, you know, sixty hours a week, eighty hours a week. We're here pretty much twenty four seven. Sometimes, I mean, where where did you get that at? I see. I, I see a morning's watch season. That's true. <laughs> I, I got it from my dad. Uh, we, you know, we never had a whole lot. We had, well, we had clothes, we had food, we had a place to live. But my dad would get up in the morning at 3, 3.30 and go to work and get home at five thirty six o'clock at night. And, I mean, he always did that. And he did it, did it for his family. And he also worked hard for his co-workers, you know. He... You want everybody to benefit, and I mean that's why I still do it today. You know, I, I like seeing our guys move up, do well. Uh, I want them to make money, and I just I, I still love what I do. I enjoy taking plans off and and just being here. You know, I was sick a couple of years ago, and I was at home a lot. I realized right then that I didn't like being home, so I was, I was glad to get to come back to work. I hope your wife don't hear that. I, she knows too. She was glad for me to go. Uh, it just, you know, I'm I'm not one to sit around, and and I missed being here. I missed being around all the guys. So, but I I got to give credit to my dad for my work ethic, and and Pat helps with it because. We both went at it to just as hard as we could go from the start. So, Pat, what what's your what's your foundation? What drives you every day? Just really try to be better than other people. Um, plus, my dad told me I wouldn't mount a pile of shit, so proved him wrong. Um, no, I just I, I just like I want to be I want to do it better, do a better job. And I want the guys to do a better job than other other, other companies. And, and you know, when we do that, we keep getting work, and we don't. And the competition isn't is not as great when you do a better job than other people. And you can make a little more money. You get get a fair price out of it that way. Um, but that, that's my biggest drive is to um, do a better job when you go see somebody. I mean, you don't you want to go. You don't want them to say you messed up. You didn't do this right or that right. You, you want to go and have a friendly conversation with him. You know, everybody we work for we need to be friends with. Um, so you have a relationship because that's the only friends we got. Oh, yeah. I mean, this business is all about relationships. Yeah. You don't have a business without a relationship. So, uh, so. so what you both have been doing this for 40 years. You got a phenomenal business going, you know, and it's continuing to grow. We're going to retire tomorrow. Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> So what what keeps you going every day? What 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 do you what keeps you going? I mean, what is it? The people is it showing up, just like you said. Is it the people? It's also to me the challenge of you know, can I bid this job and get it and make money at it? 
you know, we've got some great guys that work for us, and I don't want to have to send them home. So we need to keep getting work that we can make money on so we can pay our guys because they're the lifeblood of this. Without them, we don't have anything. What about you, Pat? Uh, it is a challenge every day to get work. You know, it's um, besides that challenge, it's a challenge of some people not wanting to pay and then some want to pay, and there's a struggle between quoting a job or, or billing. Which one do you want to do? You know, you got to do both. And um, what keeps me motivated is seeing what we can get, see what we can do, and how you know grow gradually. We grew pretty quick for a while, and we you know just to grow a little more gradually and. Um, you know, since we got utilities and the service department's great, you know, the utility guys do great and the plumbers are great, you know, and we, uh, we, we've we lost a few and we're getting some back. Now they're coming back, which is great. You know, we've got some good plumbers. I like to see them excel and do good and be happy and uh, they make a little more money now and even with um, the way the economy is and inflation, I mean, they're, they're surviving. We see them buy houses, the guys that didn't have anything when they started and they're buying nice, you know, Three to three, four hundred thousand dollar home, and you know they're they're making money. So um, that's that's pretty cool to me. I mean, and they're they're very appreciative. Those guys are that do that. So uh, get to meet their wives. You know, we have get-togethers and every few months, and you know, wives and kids, and that's pretty neat to see them. They grow up and you know having kids, and it's like, you know, I got grandbabies and got another one on the way, and so it's it's uh. It's pretty neat. Like it's like my mother called me this morning. You know, she said, "I'm glad I got to live to see my grandkids and great grandkids." Pretty neat. Well, good deal. That wraps it up for today's podcast. You've been listening to the Full Port Podcast, brought to you by TP Howard's Plumbing. Our sponsors today, Highland Brewing, the founders of craft brewing. Today's episode recorded live from the TP Howard's corporate farm, right from the comfort of the front porch. And be sure to click the like button to subscribe and make sure to follow us on all the social media. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Full Port Podcast.